0: Rdtdaily.com presents a TaraBuster with comedian Tara Devlin. What the hell is going on? Where you been? My name is Tara Devlin. Thanks for hanging out. This is Unapologetic Liberal Talk on the right side of history, decency, dignity, democracy, and humanity. That's not too much to ask. It really isn't. Wow. All right. And we, I'm um, really, we got to say, s- thank you for your flexibility. All those who support the show, I'm trying, you know, I want to do a daily show at a set time. So if you can become a patron, please do so at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin to, you know, enable that. The This is the actual liberal media. So we need to keep the liberal media going and growing and and otherwise we're doomed, okay? You may not agree with that, but I believe that without the message, we are doomed, okay? It's not just enough to, to I don't know, run for office or even be involved. But if we don't own the message, um, all you got to do is look at... What goes on on the on the right well just the madness infesting our country and uh, where where is that coming from? It's coming from right wing propaganda, and we're here to counteract that with the truth. you know what I mean otherwise we're doomed. we have to reclaim patriotism first all, and we have so many other things God damn it money out of politics. I, 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 and here's the thing. This is why I, I really need to, I gotta, I, yeah, I gotta do a daily show at a set time because you can't do this part-time. You gotta, anyway, whatever. If you are able to and are so inclined and uh, can, please support the show by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And with that in mind, Tonight's show is sponsored by... Winston Smith! Thank you, Winston Smith, for uh, becoming a patron. You might know Winston from, from the chat room, if you're a regular. But he said that he... Finally, I don't know what, how he put it. He broke down and s- became a patron. It was probably the 500th time I said, Be- please become a patron. Well, thank you so much, Winston. And also, if you are you guys know, send me an email, tarabustermedia at gmail.com. If you're a supporter of the show, send me your name, address. I'll send you a Tarabuster mug, especially, you know, the patrons patrons. It's a patron thing. I got to, I really got to jazz up that patron page. We got to do some patron things like patron only things. This is what I'm not good at marketing. I have to, well, I'm good at, I guess, well, I think branding, I don't know, whatever. Branding and marketing. Is that the same thing? Yeah. No. Yes. And no. Okay. We'll talk about it later. And thank you. I see Elise and Mark in the chat and poop. Pookie's mama, Irene. So if you're on any other platform, come on over to youtube.com slash c for channel slash Tarabuster and join the conversation. All right, let's just get into it. Um, And, yeah, you know, well it's a very very difficult sometimes. I, I start thinking about when we I going to title the show tonight because I usually try to give people who might stumble upon the show something to something that might interest them right maybe they want to join the conversation concerning whatever it whatever the descriptor says in the in our headline so it's very difficult though to consistently i mean i I just have to say how many times i want to use the republicans are destroying (laughs) destroy everything they touch It just kind of comes to mind constantly. There's so many examples, and tonight yet again, it's apropos. Republicans destroy everything they touch, and I'm talking about the post office right now, just in particular. When we've discussed the post office numerous times on the show, and um, the fact is, the Republicans hate the post office. I don't know. I aren't you tired? Uh, living it, with these these freaks, who hate everything that makes this country great, that actually makes this country great. They say make America great again. Why don't why don't why don't they f off, and make their own little make your own country? Then I don't really care. You know what I mean? At this point, I I'm like secede already. Get out. You know how I feel about that. But if we insist on <laughs> remaining together. I don't know why. What what madness is it to continue a relationship that isn't working? What kind of sociopathy is that? I know codependency. I know that. I know about being in a relationship that isn't working, but continuing to stay in it, trying to work on it, until eventually you're like, en- Enough. Enough. Get the f out. I'm sick of it. I want I'm I want to be free. I want to be free of these albatrosses. Don't you? Cuz that's what they are. Everything they touch, they destroy. And that's on purpose. There is no reason why the post office, the uh, the American as is even more American than apple pie. That's for sure. Because it's our oldest institution, older than the country itself. It's in the Constitution that these freaks pretend to love. And yet again, I mean, it's founded by the first postmaster general from Ben Franklin. We go to Louis de Joy. He's in the same league as Ben Franklin, right? Well, you know, there should be, um, well, for example, in the Constitution, there are, there's no religious test for office, but there should be a test of civics and, or maybe even um, an emotional maturity. What is that? What are they, is that that, what do they call that? Uh, in, an emotional IQ. How about so that? That's what we really need. People who are fit. Mentally, spiritually capable of functioning in a democratic society. Or uh, uh, how about just want to live in a democratic society? It's okay. Uh, You don't have to like democracy. You don't have to want to live in a democratic society. Maybe you believe in autocracy. You think that's a great and fine system. Well, that's not this system, so get the F out, okay? This is a system that was birthed from the liberal age of enlightenment. Enlightenment, I know you're regressive and want to go back to what uh, the primordial ooze, that's for sure. But that's not the that the, the country that you want, conservatives, that's not what this is. That's not why the founders overthrew a a king, and an aristocracy, and all of his unqualified, unfit minions. And this is what you want to rebuild? And that's what they are rebuilding here, right here in the country where so many fought, bled, and died to um, create a democracy, and that's what they cannot abide. Oh, they love the trappings of patriotism, all the bullshit that goes around it, but none of the actual uh, substance of patriotism. <sighs> something has to be, and something has to be done about. I, I, first of all, I do not understand why what the hell is Louis DeJoy doing as the Postmaster General still? Why? Why, how did we get here? So, for hundreds of years, from since before the founding of the country, the mail has been progressing, and it is actually the, one of the more—it's um, one of our most. I think it is—is is it the most favored? Um, for a government institution. It has a um, the people the american people like the post office they they like their mailman hey mister hi mr smith here's your your checks here uh, blah, blah, blah. you know whatever the old uh, store. you know remember all of the uh, leave it to beaver where republicans that's the time republicans want to drag us back to but you know well, you know you had the mailman hi uh, mr whatever that's what they want to destroy. That's what they hate that vision that vintage image of America. Um, they hate America. you see. And of course this, uh, the, the largest unionized workforce, of course they hate that. They don't and, and, and it's not just the unionized workforce and I've explained this probably I don't know I, 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 hold on a second guys. the music, the music, God damn it. My name is Tara Devlin. What's up? All right. Um, the other the thing about the post office that the Republicans really hate is that it connects every every town, every county, every street, every home, every person in this country. The post office. You know, I have to say, uh, I have to, um, ask you to please excuse that, that friggin' uh, that notification. I don't know how all of a sudden the, the email notification started dinging. I don't know if you can hear it, but it's very annoying and I have to figure out how to turn it off. How did it turn on? I don't get it. Okay. Um, so I'm just throwing that out there. If you hear it again, it, I'm working on it. I'm working on it, guys. But, okay, so the thing about the post office is that it connects the the American people, no matter where they live. That's part of what you expect in a functioning civilization, don't you? You know, go to Somalia. Send me a postcard, if you can find a post office, that is a functioning postal system. That's why it's in the Constitution. It's part of how you have a functioning civilization. But these republicans don't want that. They want you to be able to pay a private corporation because nothing is worth doing unless some few people at the top of the heap can make a buck. And that's not how the post office runs either. You know how right now Amazon and what are the other uh, well the competitors to the post office the the uh, UPS and um, FedEx right Mo- the bigger competitors to the post office um, they use the post office they um, give the post office the packages to deliver because um, the the post office goes to every goddamn house in the country, every community, no matter where. And these for-profit corporations don't find it profitable to have a route that goes down to the, the bottom of the Grand Canyon, for example, which is one of the routes that the post office delivers to. And they use a mule train to do it. So because you got to go down the side of the, the you know the grand canyon you can't just take your your postal uh, jeep down there you have to go down on a mule so that's the postal system that the republicans want to destroy it's like the tennessee valley authority bringing light literally bringing light to these to these backwards assholes sitting in the dark The for-profit corporations weren't going to do it because who cares? They're not going to run electricity to some yokel's shack. Who do they care? But FDR understood that that was the infrastructure of the future, that if this country was going to be uh, great, right, if it was going to be a contender, if it was going to survive, that's what it needed, an investment in the future. Uh, sounds familiar today, doesn't it? Considering the um, the, uh, the infrastructures, the the infrastructure bill and the reconciliation bill that the freaking conservatives are si- are sitting on. Cause it's not a tax cut for the one percent. It's not a bribe that they stick in their own pockets. It's not some insider trading deal that they could do on the side. Um, just an aside. I'm not sure. Is I haven't fact checked this. Is it true that K- Kristen Cinema, uh, um, what do you call it, began her government career with a net worth of thirty three thousand dollars, and now um, is worth over a million? She's only been in the Senate how long, Kristen? Let's see. I just saw this somewhere. But I I haven't uh, fact-checked this. Kristen Sinner net worth. Let's see. Let's see, let's see, let's... Oh, yeah, now she has a net worth of a million. Huh. Well, whatever it doesn't say. I'll have to look into this more. Because that's what I saw, but I don't know if it's correct. I saw it like on Twitter or something saying, how did somebody blah, 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 blah. Well, how? Because well, that's what happens. How does somebody who... Uh, look at Brett Kavanaugh, right? He was in, in Hawk. He had a massive debt that was mysteriously paid off and um, curiously right before his hearings... His, uh, the shambles, the antics, every, I mean, how much, how many more antics are we going to have to endure? I don't even want to, I don't want to know the answer to that question. Uh, the uh, the Republican antics, it's, it's tedious, boring, never end. Oh my God. It, it's always the same. Constantly, constantly. Socialism, social. This is what we're hearing about the infrastructure bill. Okay. We'll get to that too. And, um, but first let's, let's continue with the joy because this really, this is one of the things sort of like universal healthcare in my wheelhouse, as far as the post, uh, the post office is one of them because it is everything that I'm talking about. It's, I, I, I don't understand why or the, the how the Republicans, they're so greedy That they want to destroy everything that's good about America. Everything that makes a functioning civilization. They seem to freaking hate. Oh my God. But. God damn it. Really. uh, Where is it? Where is it? From MSNBC's website. So they write. Who is this Steve benin writes USPS advances DeJoy's plan to make the mail permanently slower it was 6 months ago when postmaster general Louis DeJoy unveiled his quote unquote strategic plan for the future of the United States Postal Service which is which was not well received the Republican donor chosen for the job by the con man, the tax-cheating, draft-dodging dictator, and being con man who received fewer votes, despite his lack of postal experience, well, that's a plus for the, the America haters. They want to leave this precious country that they supposedly love so much in the hands of people that have no business anywhere near uh, any uh, in uh, any position of authority or influence, you don't put things that you love. You don't give them over to utter and absolute um, uh, inept, ine What is it, uh, morons? People who suck. People who are uh, aren't skilled. I mean, it's like going to the doctor. Right? You don't want to. You want to go to somebody who has some skill in training and knows what the f they're doing. But to Republicans, it's like they can take that or leave it. Having absolutely no skill is um, that's a selling point to them. Look at I mean, look at Trump. My God. <sighs> Hold on a second. My name is Tara Devlin. Become a patron. Every time you hear that music, that means you have to become a patron. Again, <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Okay, it was not well-received, and over the summer, the, the, the plan, his plan, that sucked. Um, the Postal Regulatory Commission, which plays a USPS oversight role, was sharply critical of this plan. It's questioning its core assumptions. What else is new, right? Because it's sort of like, fixing the facts around the policy it's like it's it's like the election scam the uh big lie that they that these these america-hating fascists are advancing saying that uh you know it's uh it's the same well there's a problem oh everybody is concerned and this is the same thing with the with uh, what the J- joy is doing to the post office. They they create the problem, they create the crisis, and then they use that crisis as an excuse to destroy the very thing that they're pretending to save. Okay, and goddamn, goddamn us if we allow them to be successful. Really. We can run the post office for for through uh, world wars, through all kinds of crises, crises, crises. That bell's gonna drive me bonkers. Bling, bling. Shut up. I'm. A, I, I don't. I mean, I like the. I like the notifications uh, sometimes, but not on my computer that I'm doing a show on why do things suck? I, I, I'm like, I have plans. I have to do these certain things. I'm like, okay, let me make a list. And then something like that happens. And then now I got to figure out, how do you shut... Like, How come this damn bell turned on? Where is it? How do you shut it off? What is it? All right, whatever. I, do I sound like an old lady when I do that? I'm not that technically inept. But... I'm not, I don't know, an engineer either. All right. As USA Today reported, DeJoy's changes are nevertheless being implemented, despite being um, not well received and sharply, and the oversight panel being sharply critical, questioning the core assumptions. As, for example, the assumptions being that there's something wrong that wa- warrants the remedies that republicans inflict on us this is this is what they do it's sort of like it's even for example with the tax scam they yet again you questioning the core assumption we're going to give more money to the people who will never spend it in a million lifetimes and it'll trickle down right see what what, what this country needs is more tax cuts this this is the same tactic here. So, um, so as USA Today reported, DeJoy's changes are being implemented, and those changes include making mail ser- making mail service permanently slower. F you, we got they, we got to be turned into a third world country for these pricks. That's how much they th- that's how greedy they are. That's how much they hate the American worker. You see, they don't want you to earn a living wage and they want you to be nice and malleable. And they do that by beating you down. And you want to look look around another country. Look at India. Look at the slums of India. Stay tuned, America, because that's what they're bringing here. That is success. That's conservatism. That's the success of conservatism right there. No, you know what I mean? They, they, they're fine with that. They would love this country to be a giant swath of slums in, interspersed with gated communities where they could disahe- be, disappear behind the walls of. Am I speaking English? Americans who have been frustrated with the slow service of the postal service since the beginning of COVID-19 pandemic prob- probably won't be thrilled to hear this. The service is about to get even slower. The changes mean an increase time in transit for mail traveling long distances, such as between New York and California, which was two days. That's how much it took. A 40-something-cent stamp and an envelope gets from New York to California in two goddamn days. Now, you know what it's going to be? Six fucking days. Because Republicans. Republicans. Remember that. Everything Republicans touch, they destroy. Everything. Prove me wrong. Somebody. You, somebody must have an example. Hold on, I got to... Somebody must have an example of, um, of something that Republicans did that they didn't destroy. If they, if, Hey, if you have that example, post it in the chat, I will happily relay it to the audience, but I've been asking this con- this, this country, this question I've been a- Well, I've been asking the country. I wish the country was watching. Just give me five minutes country and I'll fix it. Fix this damn country. <laughs> if I was allowed to do, but you know. But where am I? Where? Where is it? Okay. Uh, I, I I don't know. I am. Um, this this is infuriating to me. Let me see here. I have the Washington Post. I have a goddamn subscription. What are you asking me for? Stops. Open. Hold on. For example, let me see. Yeah, that's what it is. Six days. I'm the the Washington Post has a website. Will where you can put your zip code in, and it'll tell you how long your mail will now be. From uh, start to finish. Yeah. So that that's what it is. It's going from. I'll show you what I'm looking at. Let's see. Let's see. That's Staten Island. Yeah, look at that. So now it's two days. Two to three days. Usually two. And look at that. Now from New York to California five to six days make America great again USA USA you aren't you proud how how it's not just republicans though it's it's us why are we allowing them to get away with all of their destruction Why are the Democrats clearly we have issues and the main issue is money in politics. That's the bottom line. Money in politics is the root of all evil and it gives us basic bitch greedy, greedy grifters like Kristen cinema and Joe Manchin. Absolutely. who, Who sits on his yacht. Asking um, corporate lobbyists for jobs for his friends, so they'll change. Uh, his, so he, the friend, will change his vote. Oh, he's doing fine. He's he's got health care, retirement secure. I mean, forget about it. Is is he retiring? The uh, okay, he'll never. He doesn't have to retire. He could just squat in the halls of power, being a fissured hemorrhoid until, I don't know, somebody, somebody stops him. But I have to say, shame on us. How do we allow this to continue? Why is Louis DeJoy still the postmaster? Do you think if the shoe was on the other foot, the Republicans would put up with somebody? who uh, who was let's say trying to strengthen the post office cuz everything good they're opposed to and everything that sucks republicans want more of so do you do you think that that person from an an administration a controversial figure let's say would still be squatting in their position of authority this, do you think that would how, uh, would happen? How is this a thing? How is this allowed? I, I don't understand the rules, clearly, of this, uh, of Of him. But he was appointed by Twitler. So get the F out. Why is he still there? Get rid of him. Isn't the president somebody who can fire this guy? Um, I might be wrong. I don't know. But it's sickening. U.S. Post Office advances a plan to make the mail permanently slower. I, I, the, even that headline. So complicating matters is the fact that DeJoy's many controversies haven't gone away. We learned in June, for example, that the Postmaster General is facing an FBI investigation over a campaign finance scandal. Based on public reporting, the available evidence against DeJoy suggests it's a serious controversy. Well, he, yeah, this is another thing, because he is a grifter, and, th- and that's Republicans in general. The only reason they ever get into any kind of position of a, of uh, well, uh, the representatives that appointed DeJoy, you know, the only reason a Republican ever takes a position in government is to grift from that position that's it so the and the other thing is they're they're just crooks they they cannot play the game legitimately by the rules and democracy takes an agreement just like any other game that you play you want to play monopoly here are the rules you know um you want to play chess here's the rules you want to play checkers here are the rules it's no fun when somebody just keeps making up the rules as they go and rigging the game so they win. That's not, that's not, I mean, that's not fun. It's not, not fun for the rest of us. But that's how Republicans roll. And what is DeJoy doing? They put DeJoy in the, in charge of the post office because he hates the post office. Period. He is, he, his companies were competitors of the post office. Uh, Of course, he wants to destroy the post office because he wants you to go to UPS instead of the USPS. They, you want a a package across the country in two days? Oh, too bad the USPS doesn't do that anymore. They were quite capable of doing it until Republicans got their filthy, disgusting. America-hating hands on the post office. And they squeezed. They put their poison pill bill in there under when Bush was in office. George W. Bush. They did it by a voice vote in the dead of night. These grifters, these goddamn slick bastards, saddling the post office with uh, this burden to pay- prepay health insurance for people who haven't even been born yet for po- the postal workers of the future as if they want postal workers of the future they don't they want they they want you uh, they they don't want you uh, you to consider the post office a career or a job that you that's steady job you may not get rich but you're going to have steady living wage income and benefits and retirement security for your years of service to the, to the, to the community. But that's what Republicans hate. They don't want that community spirit. They don't want you or the, they don't want the government doing goddamn anything except robbing you and giving it to them giving it to them and their pals. That's it. That's the only reason government is in government. That's it. It's not to promote the general welfare. It is to promote the welfare of the 1%. It is to balloon the welfare of the 1% while everybody else can go go eat cake. I, um... (laughs) Joe Manchin going on about an, um, an entitlement mentality when there is no people, no set group more entitled th- than, hi- than him, than senators, than grifters who squat in government and, do, and stand in the way of the things that the, uh, the rest of the world takes for granted. And we'll we'll get to that. We'll continue on with it. It's all connected, though, in my mind. (sighs) Wait, 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 wait. For example, just jumping back and forth from the New Yorker, Casey Taylor wrote, this was in um, March, up until a year ago. Carrying mail for the United States Postal Service was among the most predictable ways to earn a living. My father did it for 20 years, and I worked alongside him for two of them. You show up, you throw magazines and loose letters into a labeled slot at your designated mail case, and you deliver the route. You come back when the truck is empty, and the next morning you get to work filling it all up again. The Sisyphean Means of Community Service Every day, echoing in a sing-songy voice on the floor by carriers with a strong sense of gallows humor, the mail never stops, and it'll keep going long after they're gone. Until last year, that is, when the pandemic began to crush American institution under the weight of its sworn duty. As frontline workers, carriers began getting sick. By September of last year, roughly 8% of postal workers had taken time off as a result of illness or exposure to the COVID, a percentage that's surely increased along with the cases. Considering the increase in overall mail volume, thanks to the pandemic's e-commerce boom, this resulted in overworked carriers covering unprecedented levels of empty routes on time delivery. Um, of pre-sorted first-class mail fell from 94% at the end of 2019 to 91% after the start of the pandemic. Okay. The pandemic wouldn't have been enough, but in 2020, former logistics CEO and Trump donor, Louis DeJoy was named the postmaster general. the hiring was criticized from the start as a conflict of interest on two different fronts. Not only was DeJoy seen as a Trump loyalist, but he was also, he also had millions invested in the post office's competitors and or contractors, the very companies that would benefit most should the post office become another federal institution stripped and sold for parts, which is what he did. As such... When he began ordering carriers to hit the streets at specific times, often leaving mail behind in the process and disassembling mail sorting machines, it wasn't clear whether it could be best explained by sheer incompetence or an attempt to undermine an election or a desire to kill the very service he was meant to advance. By October, DeJoy's changes caused on-time delivery to fall all the way to 86% nationally, with rates below 80% in major cities like Philadelphia, Baltimore, and Detroit. To put a finer point on just how ineffective his leadership was, even these dismal numbers represented an improvement from previous months, all because injunctions required the United States Post Postal Service to roll back some of D policies ahead of the election that's why it improved it, it when you remove the republican um, all of their poison pills things f- curiously start start running successfully again I god i hate them oh my god carriers who had long joked about the mail never stopping started to wonder if they'd spoken too soon People are always scared that the post office is going to die or whatever, or they're going to take away Saturday delivery. When the postmaster left, it was right after DeJoy and on his way out. He says to me, young man, get as much money as you can the next few years because all of this is going away, said a carrier in southeastern Pennsylvania who had worked seven days a week since March. This time feels different. A continued decline for the post office ser- uh, postal service also means a narrower narrower pathway to the middle class for many Americans, uh, especially black Americans who are 27% of the United States in, of the USPS's workforce. Well there you go. Add that on top of it and it's another bang for their buck. To destroy, to make uh, a path into the middle class, to cut that off for people of darker pigment? Oh, please. That's a no brainer for Republicans. <sighs> Saving the post office became a rallying cry during the summer of 2020 as the national media coverage and politicians began to draw attention to the disruptions in service and the possible nefarious purpose of a Trump appointee sabotaging mail-in votes. (sighs) Joe Biden even made it a key part of his campaign. He laid out a comprehensive plan to save the post office and in October accused Trump of deliberately undermining the election. Once it became clear that the joys bungling hadn't prevented Biden from winning the election, the issue mostly fell out of the news. Despite that, working conditions for postal workers and mail carriers have remained largely static for the same reasons they deteriorated in the first place. The pandemic rages on and sorting machines are still decommissioned, causing massive backups in mail volume and sorting that clerks and carriers simply can't keep up with. The issue created by eliminating sorting machines is one of the extreme volatility within individual branches. Some days are impossibly light, others a flood. My base average usually stays within a couple of hundred pieces a day, but I'm going from like 600 letters to like 2,800 the next day, says a carrier of the central coast of California. Well, it's difficult to pinpoint a precise reason. He says uh, it's certainly not up the norm at any other point in my career. Not the norm feels like an excellent summary of the transition period between a pres- previous presidential administration and this one. Oh boy, let me just get to the bottom. There's a l- there's a very long article, so. The only remaining hope for the Postal Service is that Biden exercises the nuclear option at Louis DeJoy's disposal, firing the Board of Governors with cause and installing an entirely new board that will enable the swift removal of the saboteur. Representative Jerry Connolly, a Democrat from Virginia, has already called for the president to do so citing the collective failures of this past year to be, only cause, to be the only cause needed to justify it. Failing to intervene immediately means more delayed bills and prescription medicines, more 70-hour work weeks for clerks with no days off, and perhaps, worst of all, another year worth of eroded public trust that must be repaired. And and that's really the overarching thing. Well, this is what Republicans do. This is what they do to the Socialist Security Service, where they uh, they unfund, they defund the. Um, they barely keep it alive. And then when you need, when you call up Social Security, you end up on hold. There's uh, you fall through the cracks. People start losing confidence in government that's and then they hear their freaking fascist bastards the saboteurs themselves going oh government's the problem government's the problem and then and then when the democrats echo that bullshit and and this is why we're here why why are we here it's of course both parties wait hold on i see that the damn camera's not working Or maybe it's working as designed. But what do you expect when for my entire lifetime, both sides, first it was the Republicans going on about how government's the problem, government, 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 you got to shrink it down, you got to drown it, you got to kick it, you got to beat it, you got to hate it, right? What are you hating? The government that... The founders that you worship, you know, they walk on fricking water, right? And, but they created this government. You want to drown. You want to shrink it. It's so bad. You want to shrink it so much. You want to drown it. You want to bait it and drown it. Because they hate government like crooks hate cops. That's what it's about. They don't like, gov- well, they like government just fine. They just don't like government that works for the majority. That's the bottom line. They like government. They love socialism. We know that. They love it for themselves, for everybody else. Uh, that's too much. That's Goldilocks. That's, this is too big. But socialism is just right in the ways it benefits them (sighs) yes and Biden um, yeah the only remaining hope is that Biden does something about this go nuke who gives a shit republicans will whine and cry they always do there's no reason for this we gotta put up with the saboteurs we gotta put up with their dirty tricks constantly Jesus Christ. Failing to intervene immediately means more delayed bills. Exactly. Right. That's what we were saying. More prescriptions delayed. More. This is what Republicans do. They destroy everything. Firing the board is to create a legal dispute that the Democrats would need to fight in order to see through. In the meantime, while the administration waits for another peaceful resolution that is somehow always just out of reach, the workers, of the, uh, the workers the president swore to save will toil away. I mean, I realized last year that the future of my career rests on Joe Biden, the carrier from southeastern Pennsylvania said. That's not really where you want to be. Even if he's better than the other guy, other carriers weren't quite as cynical, but expressed similar levels of concern for the future of their jobs. Unless there are simple, or, uh, unless there are some changes made to how things are done, at least, I don't think this is sustainable," says Joe Roman, a carrier of 26 years and a uh, and a nine-year shop steward. He's careful to add that he doesn't tie that directly to DeJoy, but to operations more broadly. However, other carriers interviewed for the story all shared a universal belief that regardless of what his intentions or motivations are, DeJoy and his changes are the problem and nothing will be fixed until he's removed. Turnover for new postal workers is high, with veteran carriers and clerks citing lower pay and increased chaos. This is what they do as a key reason why nobody tends to stick around longer than a couple of months. Which, of course, reduces the customer service, the experience that we have, that the American people have with their postal service you don't get to know your your postal worker your your letter carrier you those days are over and the the people who they it's like um what they're doing is they're turning the postal service into yet another gig job i i i think i've shared with you before my i have a lot of family members who work at the post office my mother after she was a nun, she well she was a teacher, she also worked for the postal service. My father worked for the Postal service. My cousin works for them now, My uncle works for them now. I've had other family members working for them. So, yeah, I know uh, about a bit about the postal service, and it was always considered a great, decent, steady, stable job. Union gig, okay? Um, my cousin works for them. He says all they do now is th- he was hired years ago. So he's kind of, I, you know, a staple, a staple there, but they hire gig workers now. That's it. They temper, the temps, whatever they call them, but it's like gig work. And these people don't give a shit. They just- they don't care. They're not trained. They're not, they're, they're not paid enough to care. And that's what the Republicans have done. Oh, they, go, they will throw money at it. Throw money at it. Then they only throw money one way, and that's up. Turnover for new postal workers is high, with veteran carriers and clerks citing low-pay and increased chaos as a reason note why nobody wants to stick around longer than a couple of months. It makes things harder on a daily basis, but more importantly in the eyes of the carriers who've spent decades fulfilling their duty to the community, it devalues their service. Of course it does. Well you now you have these rank amateurs in here who don't give a shit. There's no connection to the community. There's no reverence for the community there's no respect for the community in itself the american people are not supposed to give a shit about each other there's not supposed to be standards in the community you you, you expect your standards to be um, n- that nobody gives a shit that there's no professionalism there's no pride of of uh, of your of work in general You're just there. You make your buck. You're not paid enough to care. Who cares? You're not going to see these people again. And this is what Republicans do. You know, the party, the family values party, the party that they love families, but they don't want to give families a goddamn living wage or an option for a career, a steady career. God. I've been delivering my route for a decade, said one carrier. I know every person on my route. That makes you take an extra effort to get them their mail. Some guys that are in and out, and then another takes his place. I mean, that's obviously going to impact the mission, the inability to retain new employees exacerbates the absurd workload issues that have made 70-hour weeks the norm for carriers in high-volume branches. Postal workers who thought they were signing on for the last sure thing that exists for the American working class, namely a clear path towards decades of financial security in exchange for back-breaking community service are watching in real time as it's whittled down to just another gig. Morale is low as it's ever been, says King, a union official. I mean, we were just in a meeting last week, and they've got these formulas and charts, and it's just not possible. It had been bad for a little while, but it just keeps getting worse. Well, that should be the Republican motto, really? Things just keep getting worse. How much longer? Huh? How much longer will we put up with this? and and, uh, and the then we're supposed to pretend that they're sincere. They're sincerely trying to help. We're supposed to go along with that r- grift. like in the election. Oh, it's they're sincerely trying to root out all of the the illegal votes, which we know is bullshit. Same thing here. They're not sincere. They're not doing anything to help. There, with the the nine most terrifying words in the English language are "I'm a Republican and I'm here to help." I'm a Republican and I'm here to help. Eight. Hey. I'm a Republican and I'm here to help. 8. Eight most terrifying word. I'm he- here to help you. Okay, 9. <sighs> yes, Winston Smith on the chat. That is sad. My uncle raised 3 kids and retired well on his postal job. I hear you. My parents. They had postal service pensions. You know, I mean, my my father was a city worker his whole life. He worked for the sanitation. And then he took a job after he retired from sanitation. They went and worked at the post office. And my mother was working at the post. And my mother was the clerk of the Great Kills Branch of the United States Postal Service. She was the head clerk. And she also encouraged me me, me, little old me take that postal service test oh god help me, and then she wanted me to take the the toll collector's test I remember, and I said eventually I had to say to her, no, if you're know, if you a toll collector, that's great but I was like I don't want to be a toll collector I don't know, I said I would rather die but I would rather die a lot back then, <laughs> than just do whatever. Okay, um, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Well, that's the the, the point is Louis DeJoy, um, he's got to go. And with everything else that's going on, I, I it's like I know Democrats are like, oh, we can walk and chew chew gum at the same time, but they're only gonna go after this if there's attention put on it and of course we have so many other fires going on um as far as the infrastructure bill we could let's discuss it a little bit um i believe it's gonna pass it will pass i'm glad i'm glad that the that the progressives the normal people are holding firm thank god because you know Otherwise, what what do we get? The bipartisan infrastructure bill does nothing for climate change. In fact, it it, it would make it worse. And um, the thing that is so irritating, oh, I guess we're we'll t- we're talking about it, um, is that it's popular. We know this. It's but okay. Okay, let me get my words straight. This is why we need the real liberal media. Oh, let me just play it, actually. While... Where is it? Hmm. Beep, Pop. bop, bop, bop. Hmm, I was thinking... Which one was... I'm talking to myself now. Where is it? Okay, well, we'll we can play this, because... I thought I had this... I do this a lot lately, don't I? I... Say, I, let me play a clip, and now I can't find it. Mm. I, I hate that. I hate that part about me. When that happens... Where the fuck is this? I had this, uh, clip. Anyway, it doesn't matter at this point, I guess. What the hell? The point is, I was trying to find this clip of Claire McCaskill going on about how, uh, th- the Biden bit, the progressives are not going to get everything they want. It's not the progressives though. What is this bullshit? What is this talking point that's at? Uh, the progressives are better understand. Oh, this is the other thing she was saying. The progressives, it's not the progressive bill. This is Joe Biden's bill. This is his bill. You could read it, read it. It was on his website during the campaign. This is the bill. The Build Back Better freaking bill. It's not the progressives' bill. Oh, the progressives are not going to get everything they want. Well, why do they let that sh- bullshit sh- just stand? It's not the progressives' bill, Claire, and um, and they better understand that Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin are from very conservative states. This is what she was saying, and that that they're not from the AOCs district you know that's the district i live in it's such a socialist district don't you understand it's ridiculous but anyway it's a working class district that's it it's people workers people who work for a freaking living okay and um they better understand the progressives better just cut in line and understand that that for whatever reason Cinema and Joe Manchin, they, they are, they don't think that the bill is, well, this is what she said, that the bill was thought out enough. Really? Oh, uh, because of all the, the, however many hundreds of people working on it and all of the supporters of it and all of the Democrats, these two, those two think that it was um, something is wrong with it here. Well, show us. You know, I, I, I can on some level. I can understand Joe Manchin because he, he's a grifter, of course, but, but he actually is from a conservative state. But Kristen Sinema, um, her her co-senator or the other the other senator, uh, what's his name, Mark um you know whatever gabby gifford's husband um he's all for it and the bill is popular it's supported by the american people and, and across the board across all um yeah even uh, yeah of course the normal people support it even the republicans they support it. And even when, and when you tell them, it's, of course, it's all funded too. You know how Republicans always cray, crying about um, f- um, funding. How are you going to pay for it? Except when they're funneling money into their own pockets. How are you going to pay for it? Only when the American people might get a bone or some crumb thrown at them. Then we have to worry about how you're going to pay for it. But it's all paid for. But only by making the rich actually start paying some effing taxes again. Uh, and then the popularity of the bill goes even higher. So, um, no, uh, Claire, we, should, we don't have to get to the point we, we don't have to understand that Kristen cinema and joe manchin are from states where they just don't want to spend that much money nobody cares about how much money is spent because we spend more um in the illegal iraq war right i mean we spend more we always got money for that shit We got money for tax cuts for the rich. We got money for war. But we don't have money for paid family leave like every other effing country on earth. Every other country. Every single other country. And these republicans and their conservatives, you know, just, it's conservatives. Uh, I don't know. Kristen cinema is just, She's a, she's a narcissist. She's all about the antics and the attention. She's also a, uh, a tedious, basic bitch who, um, I don't know if I could. there's so many, there are some hate people I hate. Not, I was going to say there's so many people I hate. I don't hate so many. I try not to hate any, but Kristen cinema, I will make an exception. I'm trying to find this. She. The fuck. You know what? Here. Here. Here it is. This is what she said. I hate her. You know why I hate her? I'll show you right now. Hold on. It's coming. It's coming. Hold on. See that? Look at that. It's just a meme I put up on the Terrorbuster Facebook page. Question. This is, this is what happened. Reporters ran into Kristen Cinema. What do you say to progressives who are frustrated? They don't know where you are. And they're saying, who are, um, the reporter was saying where you are, meaning on the bill. You know, why you don't like it? Okay, what do you what do you like? What's your number, you dumb bitch? And I am I'm sorry. I'm allowed to be a misogynist, am I? Or be say some sexist words? I've earned it. But um uh, Kristen Cinema, she's the worst. So, whatever. Cinema. Okay, let's play let's pl- the question. Question. Reporter says, "What do you say to progressives who are frustrated they don't know where you are?" Cinema. I'm in the Senate. Oh my God. Do you see what a, what a... Um, what a glib little little scum she is? <laughs> oh, Kristen, or Kirsten, whatever the f your stupid name is. Aren't you funny? Well, that goes to show you how much she hates us. She hates the American people. she hates her constituents. And, and well, it goes on then the reporter follows up. There are progressives in the Senate that are also frustrated. They don't know where you are either. I'm clearly right in front of the elevator. Wow. Wow. Um She's walking around. She went back to Arizona this weekend to do, di- I don't know what. I think she went to the doctor. Who cares? Um, she's also holding a fundraiser with, uh, well, she can go to the doctor, unlike millions of Americans. She goes, pink, pink, thumbs down. Only for me, thumbs up. Oh, yes kristin cinema holding a fundraiser with business lobby groups that want to kill biden's agenda Kristen cinema is charging up to five thousand eight hundred dollars to attend a 45 minute fundraiser with groups that mostly donate to republicans she's she's auditioning for her next j- lobbying well, she's auditioning that's it to be uh, a lobbyist but I hope by the time she leaves the Senate, she is so goddamn reviled. Oh, my God. That she's untouchable, like Kellyanne Conway. That's what she deserves. There's nothing, nothing interesting about her. It's somebody who's, who's just crying for attention. That's what she's about. She's the same. Here's a grown woman that dyed her hair pink. Right? And to go to the Senate. That's a grown woman who, who wore a fuck you ring after she did thumbs down. A grown woman who the, uh, the, the people of Arizona worked their asses off to get this bitch elected. And now she's sitting there and sucking up all that she can suck up on the government teeth as much as she can to balloon her, her, uh, her net worth from 33,000 to over a million. Honey, what's your secret? Oh, I guess you're just a goddamn greedy grifter. And you fit right in, I suppose, with your Republican pals. <sighs> Senator Kristen Cinema is set this is from Salon by Igor Dersh. Kristen Cinema is scheduled to hold a fundraiser with business lobbying groups that are eager to defeat Joe Biden's spending bill. It's not a spending bill. It's an investment bill. Okay? Investment. God, I don't mean to yell at you guys into your ears. Cinema is a corporate friendly first termer. Corporate friendly. She's she's doing a corporation's what Monica did to Bill. (laughs) That's a Mike Malloy line. Cinema, a corporate friendly first termer who has rejected the Bill's price tag. Oh, because that's what matters, right, bitch? I don't want to spend it. It's too much spending. Fuck you, right? I put it on my finger. (laughs) And then I'm drinking a little very fun-looking drink with all kinds of umbrellas and shit. For those who don't know, that's the picture. Uh, That's the picture in the meme. She posted it on her Instagram page. Or her whatever the fuck. TikTok. I don't know. She posted it somewhere. Kristen herself. She's like, fuck you. Don't you isn't she cute? She's so adorable saying fuck you to the people who sent her to Washington to represent them. <laughs> well, I guess it is fuck you. Bunch of suckers, right? All day suckers. That's what we are. Huh. <sighs> In an... Where where is it? Where is it? She, um... She's a... She rejected the bill's price tag and reportedly opposes drug price reform and tax increases on the wealthy and corporations that would help pay for the package. Ugh, God. She needs her teeth um, legally and peacefully. Nothing. I I was going to say something bad. Um... In an invitation emblazoned with Cinema's campaign logo, the groups invited members to an undisclosed location for 45 minutes to write checks between $1,000 and $5,800 to Cinema's campaign. The groups are amid countless business associations that have launched, launched a massive lobbying bid, in hopes of defanging the def- the Democratic package, he keeps saying spending package is driving me insane. In this article, it's not a spending package, you fucker. Why are you writing it like that? In Salon, you're you're supposed to be on our side, uh, on the normal people's side. Why are you writing? A, it's a spending package. It's not a fucking spending package. And I'll excuse my language. I'm pissed. It is an investment investment package investment what the how hard is that it's not spending you're not just spending Wee! i'm at vegas double down that's not it's not spending it's an investment because you're getting something back Okay, one such lobbying group, or uh, one such corporate, whatever, who cares? Where am I? I'm sorry. The groups are amid countless business associations that have launched a massive lobbying blitz. Okay, okay. One such group, the S-Corp PAC, which represents small businesses and overwhelmingly donates to Republicans warned that the House draft of the package would kneecap private companies and pay that pay individual taxes rather than corporate taxes. Another lobbying group, the National Association of Wholesale Distributors, which almost exclusively donates to Republicans, said earlier this month that passing woo, 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 woo. so loud that passing, said earlier this month they're passing the largest tax increase in history on the backs of american job creators oh my god as they recover from a pandemic you're, you're just you're so struggling you're it's, how do you get by corporations are doing buku business they're doing fine As we got the numbers, the people who are the ones who are struggling in the pandemic are the workers and small businesses, but that's, you're not representing them. And this biz, this, uh, bill doesn't touch them. We're talking about the likes of Amazon who pay zero taxes, Netflix, zero taxes. Most profitable companies on earth pay zero taxes. Let's see. Taxes, companies. 55. (laughs) Corporations paid zero taxes. 55 major corporate. We're not just talking about regular old mom and pop. We're talking about Companies that FedEx. Yeah, I mean, giant companies. Let's see. Here are the the companies. There are fifty five. I don't read them all. Charter. These are cable companies, media companies, Dish, EcoLab, FedEx, First Energy. What else? Nike. I mean, I'm going over a lot of them. Well, where's this? Hmm. Jesus Christ. Twenty-six profitable companies. Paying zero taxes so far. Whatever, whatever. Where? Where else? Where is the list? Well, you know what I mean. Well, FedEx is one, that's for sure. We know that. FedEx. Amazon. Oh, uh, that gets me, Amazon. Well and also Tesla. Isn't that another one? Well, they're going into space. So we can all see the biggest bluest marble and say, we're all connected. Well, what are you waiting for, Bezos? you already been up there. Why don't you say, we're all connected. So here's uh, living wages for all. What's so hard about that, bitch? You got billions. Maybe just one billion. Can you fucking survive on one billion? You bald-ass bitch. I'm sorry. I'm saying that. I'm cursing a lot. And using not nice terms. But I don't care right now. I just don't care at this point. I hate Jeff Bezos. I really do. I hate those, those two uh, holes in his face he calls eyes. I hate that stupid head of his. That that boldness. I hate his goddamn socio, sociopath looks. Him trying to pretend like he's somehow—he's come in it for all of us. He's in it for altruism. Wee, oui, that was the greatest thing. I went. I went. Bing, 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 I was in the space. Me, one person, one dude, and now I'm... Because uh, I want everybody to say how great it is. Don't chop my head off. Don't get the guillotine out. I'm good. See, I brought this this old bitch who couldn't go uh, years ago. I don't know. And now I'm I'm bringing some other asshole. I'm bringing uh, Captain Kirk in space. See, give me some good press. Don't, don't come in with the pitchforks and the torches, please. Look at Tara Jr. Jr. for a minute, though. How you doing, Jr.? Can I just tell you one thing? I like this cat. The other thing I wanted to tell you was that I think Ray, Ray, the, the wonder cat, Where is he? Oh, he was behind me, but he's gone. Ray's very smart, I have to tell you. Do you know, um, I have a... I have cat food, so they eat mostly... I try to give them mostly wet food with a little... But I give them a little dry. Wet is better, right? And, but I give them a little dry for variety, just on top. A little sprinkle, a little on the side. And, um... But Ray, who is completely food motivated, never stops thinking about food. <laughs> I could tell. And he actually opens up the food container, which is screwed, screwed on. Okay, it's a twisty. So I have a food container that has the dry food in it. It's cl- sealed with a twist top. And so I kept finding this thing open. I'm like, did I keep that open? Did I leave that open? Did I not lock it? Did I not twist it or whatever? And so I've been paying extra attention to it. And Ray is opening it. And I don't know how. I have to get a camera in there. I got a million dollar YouTube video in the making. Just some, just, I'm going to put it up random and hope it gets a lot of views and, uh, we get some, uh, revenue, some passive revenue in here. Would you think that would be a successful video of a cat opening up a, it's a, what do you call it? It's a, it's a food storage for kit, for, uh, for animals, but it has a twist top. Eh, I don't know. I think that might be interesting. Okay. Oh, my God. Guys, thank you, Jim, for your super chat, of course. Thank you, Errol Thomas, for your super chat. When will Republic Clowns ever going to quit denying that what occurred on Wednesday, January 6th, 2021? That'll never happen. Thank you, JD, for your super chat. JD says, hello, hello, all. I almost said, hello, old. (laughs) I can't talk, that's all. And thank you so much, Garfield, for your super chat. Hello, my like-minded folks. Hello, Garfield. And just say hello, normal people. Hello, normal people. So, yeah. I I have to think that um, here's what I think, as we were talking about the infrastructure bill and all that. It, it's going to happen. I'm so glad that the... The normal people are holding the line, but Christian cinema. We gotta, we have to nullify them all. Here we, here's a, here's the Republicans. Uh, here's a montage of Republicans um, whining about socialism and the infrastructure bill. Or maybe not. <laughs> I thought maybe that doesn't have any audio. Okay, great. Well, how about this one? Hmm. Maybe not. I guess something's wrong with the videos. What about this one? What is going on? That's strange. Nothing. None of these videos are working. Let me try this again. That sucks. Yeah, that's not playing. That's so messed up. And now, I what are you telling me? I gotta go be on the phone with goddamn ECAM again? Alright. Well, I was going to play a montage of Republicans going on about socialism, but I guess that's not going to happen at this point. But anyway, we'll just... Read this one from the Philadelphia Inquirer by Will Bunch. The train wreck of Senator Kristen Cinema is the cost of not getting money out of politics. Ain't that the truth? That's what she, she is the, she's the symptom of the sickness. Oh my God. Hold on. I got to lower that. All right. It sounds bizarre. Let's just read this a little bit as I lower this video. It sounds bizarre, but a $1,117.40 summer internship at, at a vineyard in the heart of California wine country may prove the ultimate saga Uh, in how big money has permanently broken American politics. It was as seen on TV this past week in Washington where squabbling Democrats and an obstructionist GOP is showing the middle class why we can't have nice things. The eager worker who showed up during the coronavirus summer of twenty twenty was no ordinary summer intern, but a then forty-four-year-old state senator, Democrat Kristen Cinema. I know. That cinema who now makes 174000 a year at her day job would spend a week picking and maybe stomping on grapes in Napa Valley for some pocket change actually isn't totally shocking for the Senate's most iconoclastic member. She calls herself an atheist and a bisexual with, a def- with defiant openness and a marathoner with a PhD in justice. What's more noteworthy is who was hosting cinema and paying for her four-figure intern salary during that wine-soaked summer. Billionaire Bill Price, who not only owns the Three Sticks Winery in Sonoma, but also co-founded one of America's most lucrative private equity funds. It's called TPG Capital. At the end of her internship... Price did something worth more than his intern's modest paycheck. He hosted a a $5,000-a-ticket fundraiser that benefited, you know, that bitch. And um, also a PAC that supports a gaggle of centrist, um, otherwise known as anti-progressive Democrats on Capitol Hill. The Intercept reported... That the Vineyard fundraiser was a key stop on cinema's summer 2020 tour that netted campaign cash from Price, his TPG Capital Associates, and Silicon Valley legends like billionaire Bill Gates. Flash forward to the politically fraught autumn of 2021. And cinema's opaque obstructionism has become the grapes of wrath for President Biden and their fellow Democrats seeking to invest. 350 billion a year to continue the tax credits the child tax credits for the middle class expand child care fight climate change and offer free community college the plan is found floundering largely because of vague but obstinate opposition from cinema and her money soaked doppelganger senator joe manchin Oh, boy, 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 boy. Advocates believe the real problem is how Biden and his allies want to pay for it, largely by raising taxes on cinema's filthy rich patrons. This week, with both Biden's $3.5 trillion over 10 years human infrastructure plan and a smaller but important traditional infrastructure plan on the brink of possible collapse activists who elected cinema, and now regularly protest outside her office, desperately wanted to ask their senator what's going on. Instead, they learned she was at an undisclosed location holding another fundraiser with five business groups that oppose (laughs) Biden's legislation. Can you believe this shit? This bitch. This this chameleon, self-serving bitch. Because she started out as some kind of progressive. I guess she's sort of like, um, what's her name? Um, Candace Owens, who tried to be a a liberal until she realized the money's in conservatism. And then she completely changed her whole shtick. She realized being a, especially a conservative, who has darker pigment, oh boy, cha-ching, cha-ching. Because that's all that matters, right? Is the money you could suck as you're destroying the country that you pretend to love, it must be nice to live that kind of life. No wonder people like, and i'm I'm saying that facetiously, but i it reminds me of of uh, Lee Atwater. you never see you never see liberals having to call people and apologize for all the bad things they've done to the country. You know, you never see that happening. But with Republicans, for example, Lee Atwater in the last—he—he he, well, he was in his early 40s. So he was diagnosed with brain cancer, so he was going to die, and he called up all the people he harmed. He realized, shit, I really effed up this country, and he called the people that he had uh, pulled all his dirty tricks against. All his, and he—he he was the person. He's really the, he, he's known as Karl Rove's mentor. And unfo- it's funny to me when you have, when your mentor who on his deathbed is sorry for all the harm he's done to the country and you still follow that mentor's teachings. What does that say about the Republican Party? that they're a bunch of sociopaths, probably. I, I, I guess Lee Atwater wasn't a complete sociopath. Because when he realized he was about to die, he was like, holy shit, I guess he took stock of his life and th- said, I've done a lot of damage to my country. And he called people to apologize, but Carl never never... He just continued the dirty tricks. Oh, my God. I'm writing this on the last day of summer, once the Democrats' self-imposed deadline for passing Biden's uh, ambitious economic agenda, and anything can still happen, maybe even by the time you're reading this. It's possible that a deal for a smaller package, one that goes easier on cinema's private equity donors or the planet-destroying coal industry that made Manchin a houseboat slash yacht-sailing millionaire, will be struck... But it's just as likely, perhaps more so, that the anti-dynamic duo are essentially a political suicide bomber's waging jihad for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, blowing up Biden's presidency and any chance of a Democratic Congress after 2022. And even more likely, their own careers. Why? Why? As the Democratic agenda verges on unraveling, thousands of trees have been slaughtered to write lengthy analyses about the mind of the Democratic moderate, a mislabeling of these political extremists who do the bidding of 1% millionaires and billionaires over the middle-class voters who elected them. I've read tortures expl- uh, tortured explanations of the political strategy behind cinema's Stranger Than Fiction Lifelong Evolution – From Green Party anti-capitalist to radical Napa Valley hedge fund hobnobber. She now sees herself as an independent maverick, which I'm so sick of that term, maverick. You're not a maverick, honey. You're a hemorrhoid. Mavericks, what is a maverick? You're standing in the way of things that the majority of the American people like and want and need, goddammit, above all, the country needs it to to have a functioning democratic republic. We cannot have this concentrated wealth and income disparity, you stupid effing sociopath. You bisexual. Give me a give me a break, bisexual. Even that's annoying. You're not bisexual. You're just a fucking attention whore. That's it. You want to be controversial? You want to put wear pink hair. That's it. That's what that's your equivalent. It's some there's there's no risk. And being a bisexual and saying, I'm bisexual. Nobody cares. You probably, uh, it's a selling point. Nobody cares. You're not a bisexual. What are you, you're just, a, you're just, He. he she's like uh, somebody, you know what she reminds me of actually? Who did I, I just watched recently the american crime story johnny the assassination of gianni versace that's what she's like andrew kananin all, all uh, andrew kananin wanted to be rich but he didn't want to work he was a grifter he would tell all kinds of tales and lies and it was just like all the outward he had he would wear nice clothes speak well he knew his way around a wine list that kind of shit but he was a a fake fraud and that's that's Kristen cinema with her pink hair look at me i'm a maverick i'm mavericky and i'm a bisexual she thinks that's mavericky too but it's nothing you're not doing anything what is that what does that mean who cares nobody cares that you're bisexual. Really? Who cares? Oh, I like, um, I'm a- who cares? I like, um, long walks and sunsets. And I, I I don't give a shit. Who cares? Bisexual- is somebody writing laws against bisexuals now? Who cares? Am I wrong with this? to me it's just annoying and I am gay myself. It's just another thing that you oh, look at me i'm uh I'm a bisexual oh my God <laughs> she's just annoying oh my God all right um. but the reality is that cinema seems to be acting on a political death wish the death wish not which the democrats who once supported her are looking to primary her out of office in 2024 and even if she survives that which god damn it i hope she doesn't Republicans, who now applaud her anti-progress stance, are sure to vote for whatever Trump-fried wackadoodle comes down the pike in the general election. Cinema's relentless rise to a place where she can single-handedly blow up the nation's politics seems explained by an easy willingness to chuck out any principles for rank, careerist, narcissism and that narcissism is now drawn like the proverbial vampire squid to big money oh yeah i think the political pundit class is really overthinking what's going down in washington this week the story of team biden's shrinking ambition in 2021 is the story of american politics since the 1980s very rich people, and their corporations' ability to buy off prominent politicians to promote inequality at the expense of a shrinking middle class, which is now below 50% of the population. Why doesn't this explain that? Because people think they, they, they are misinformed, and um, they think that the income disparity is not as bad as it actually is. That's why I got to remind you guys, and anybody else who's new, this is why we need a liberal media. The fact right there that the majority of the American people do not realize that the middle class is below 50% of the population for the first time since the first Gilded Age. This is a problem. This happened uh, during Trump why don't Democrats rail on that? I don't know. <sighs> okay. Where is it? The story of Team Biden's... Oh, wait, 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 Oh, yeah. Very rich people buying off blah, 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 the shrinking middle class. It's taken decades of hard work for progressive-minded activists to knock on millions of doors or raise dollars in $27 chunks from working people, to finally assemble a coalition on the brink of 218 House votes and 50 senators plus a vice president to restore some balance for the 99%, but the incumbent plutocrats only need to peel off just one or two votes to keep their warped status quo, which is what they're doing. Consider... One key element of the Democratic agenda for aiding the middle class, allowing Medicare programs to use their buying cloud to negotiate lower prices for prescription drugs, appears to be blocked by the firm opposition of 10 so-called moderate Democrats who, in a remarkable coincidence, seem to have received the largest donations from Big Pharma. Okay? Bribes. West Virginia's mansion, cinema's non-identical twin in blocking most progressive legislation, not only profits personally from his family investment in fossil fuels, but reports have chronicled how he meets regularly with business lobbyists to map out his strategy. This includes a boast from a key player, at the world's largest oil giant, ExxonMobil, who says the company maintains an open line of communication with mansion staff. Like they have a fucking hotline. Not, you don't, oh, his, um, his constituents have to take boats and row up to his fucking houseboat. Say, hey, will you meet, will you talk with us? The leading Democratic roadblock to enacting the entire Biden agenda is the House. In the House is New York Rep. Jerry Gothheimer, who co-chairs the bipartisan so-called "problems problem solvers" caucus. Oh my God! Which has done nothing but create problems (laughs) when it comes to the economic aid for the middle class. You'll be shocked, I'm sure, to learn that Goth Gothheimer. Gothheimer is that how you pronounce it? Is also the house houses' largest recipient of campaign don donations. Excuse me, I'm sorry. They're donations, right? Not bribes from the private equity industry, which is sples- with especially close ties to the uh, powerful Blackstone Group. Ah. <sighs> A listed client of the lobbying firm employs Gothenheimer's wife. Oh, look at that. And his wife's firm is giving all that money to him. That's so nice. Isn't that nice of them? And they expect nothing in return? Isn't that nice, Junior? There's some... Good citizens, Tara, Junior, Junior. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think of that, Junior? None of this is meant to offer a free pass to Republicans whose pro-business, pro-billionaire policies have embedded are embedded in their DNA and whose burn-it-to-the-ground brand of obstructionism is what forces the Democrats to struggle for um unanimity they need to pass virtually anything but the fact that narrow wealthy special interests control a working majority in both houses of congress is proof that our tolerance for big money in the in american politics is our original sin and has been going on for decades and and here we are This is the problem right here. In fact, if the two intertwined infrastructure bills implode or if the pro-middle-class measures shrink, the failure won't really be on the legislation itself, but the failure of Congress to enact a different measure. The For the People Act that aimed to take a whack at money and politics Although it would have eliminated the power of campaign cash altogether, the bill, which narrowly passed the House, with only Democratic votes, of course, includes several giant steps to clean up our campaign finance mess, including a ban on untraceable dark money donations. Oh, boy. The For the People Act, at least its most progressive unneutered version is going nowhere in the Senate, blocked by a Republican-led filibuster. Why did I say it like that? I don't know. As a result of this, as well as stalled voting rights legislation, a growing number of Democrats are willing to break with 200 years of warped precedent and either fully or at least partially kill the filibuster again, All 50 Democrats would need to be on board. Again, two of them are rigidly opposed. Guess who? Guess who? Guess who? Cinema and Manchin. Whatever happened in that California vineyard, Cinema is clearly still drunk on her own power, and maybe the power of her new best friends, in in private equity, threatening aid to working-class parents, expanded child care, A free shot at community college. Oh, my God. The war on global warming that's been burning up her home state and that she says that she cares so much about, right? All for the solo performance of, and I'm telling you, I'm not going. That's 10 times more dramatic than Jennifer Holliday's best work. If cinema really wants to take her renowned fashion sense to new heights, she should also she should also reach across the aisle to Melania Trump and ask to borrow that really stylish jacket that said, Remember, I really don't care. Do you? Oh I goddamn hate her. I really hate her. Do you? I don't mean to hate so much tonight. Well, what else do we have? so many things going on. it's all connected. And another example of why we need um, the liberal media is is this. It's kind of good news. Um, if Infowars Alex Jones was held liable for damages in Sandy Hook lawsuits, good. I don't know if you watch his deposition, I watched it. I watched a large bulk of it. The guy is full of shit. We know that, but that's why i mean that's why that's how dangerous it is to hey, he just bit me to have a to live in a country that is um not tethered to t- to the truth to live in a country where um you know, right-wing propagandists have so effed up the American people and, and so screwed people, they don't trust their own government. Alex Jones is a grifter, as we know, and he knows this too. But the, the, the pain that he inflicted on, these fa- on families who lost children, I mean, it's so, it's so repugnant but that's the Republican brand now, and talking about people who have done so much harm to this country. One of those people is Alex Jones. He has, he's been largely um, in, instrumental in turning in the morons of this country into a conspiracy-laden madhouse where people won't take vaccines, people don't trust. These idiots don't trust their government, the government. They love America, but they hate the government that the founders fought a revolution to entrust to us, right? It it makes absolutely no sense. But Alex Jones is there to tell them that that government that the founders rebelled to create Oh, it's infested with all kinds of deep state operatives who want to do things like replace you and give you markers in your vaccine or, or trackers where nobody wants to track you. That's the other thing. I, I say it all the time. It's so fitting, though. It fits in with their inflated sense of self. Because we know that they secretly they fear that we're gonna all find out how inadequate they are, even though we, we know how inadequate they are. But this is, you know, part of uh, their inflated sense of, of self to think that Bill Gates himself, you know, this billionaire guy, um, wants to track you, you know, like uh, some random yokel who uh, was stupid enough to be at the January 6th insurrection. You know what I mean? Like nobody wants to track you. In fact, we want you to go away. And we it's like we want you to go somewhere and never look back because we won't be looking back at you. We want, And then we'll build a wall. I'll be all for the wall then once we get rid of these people. But Alex Jones, back and when, when a couple of years ago, he was saying that uh, he was suffering a psychosis when the, he was first taken to court. He said that he blamed his mental state on the trauma of the media and corporations lying. This is a couple of years ago. He said that that, that and that's why he was a liar. You're saying like he couldn't help but spread lies because he was in a psychosis thinking that everybody was lying to him. Well, that's great that you've come to that realization. Um, But why does he have a platform? Why do people watch him and listen to him and take him seriously? It's like, what's, why would you follow him and think this guy who admitted in the press two years ago that he was in a psychosis, he said, Well, this is what... Here, where is it? It's from The Guardian. And like I said, this is two years ago. The conspiracy theorist Alex Jones blamed various claims he has made, including that the 2012 Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting was a hoax on psychosis, according to a deposition given by the InfoWars host as part of a Texas lawsuit, which he lost, thankfully. Jones described his conspiracy thinking as a kind of mental disorder in the deposition, which was taken earlier this month. Like I said, it's two years old. Jones said he almost quote, this is the quote almost had like a form of psychosis back in the past where I basically thought everything was staged, even though I am not, I am now learning that a lot of things aren't staged. A lot of things. Like, nobody has time. You know what I mean? Nobody has time to sit around staging shit. Because we want to take guns away from you? We would have, we'll just take them. We're going to stage this false flag? You stupid moron hate them because Alex Jones is just a grifter who is tickling the 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 unhinged funny bones of so many morons and unhinged morons in this country and we all have to live in the consequences of that just like we all have to live in the consequences of living in an armed madhouse where people can send their kids to school and they could be murdered by uh, with M16s or uh, what? A, well, not M16, what are they? What, what's the uh, it's the you know, it, that it's the civilian version of the M16. That's the one that all these assholes use when they kill people in school shootings and whatnot because they're they get easy access to this weapon of war that I had, you know, when I was in the National Guard, we all had our weapons. It was an M16. That's what these weapons are. It's the same thing. It's an automatic weapon. Why would you need one in your community? Why would you need one? Well, this ain't the zombie apocalypse, you cowards. God, a bunch of cowards. So why would they listen to this guy? I had a form of psychosis, he says. That made I made me think everything was staged, and you so you wasted everybody's time with your with your psychosis. And what have I said for years, Republicans? If you would only simply get help for your manias, rather than inflict them on on normal society, that's what they do. Decent normal society. Oh, Let me see. Jones blames his mental state on the trauma of the media and the corporations lying so much. Yes, yes. You don't trust anything anymore. Kind of like a child whose parents lie to them over and over and over again. Well, pretty soon they don't know what reality is. Well, why are you on on uh doing a show then, freak? Why are you adding insult to injury beyond, beyond, beyond comprehension. How can you be so vile? These people lost their children, you prick. Oh, he's the one who also said that your dead kid, right? Isn't that what he said? Your dead kid doesn't interfere with my rights. Your dead kid. Let me see if I can find that. Oh, God. You're dead. I remember that specifically. I can't find it. Disgusting bastard that he is. And, you know, I mean, he's not going, please become a page. It just pisses me off. Somebody writes, this guy writes, this was last year, Josh Owens. He he wrote, I worked for Alex Jones. I regret it. He wrote an article for the New York Times. I dropped out of film school to edit video for the conspiracy theorist because I believed in his worldview. Then I saw what it did to people. We'll just uh, read a couple of paragraphs in this article from the New York Times by Josh Owens. He writes, On election day 2016, I sat in the passenger seat of Alex Jones's Dodge Hellcat as we swerved through traffic, making our way to a nearby polling place. As As Jones punched the gas pedal to the floor, the smell of vodka, like paint thinner, wafted up from the white Dixie cup anchored to the console. So he was drinking and driving. My stomach churned as the phone I held streamed live video to Facebook. Jones is rambling about voter fraud and rigged elections while I stared at the screen holding the camera at an angle to hide his double chin. It rarely worked, but I didn't want to be blamed when he watched the video later. Four years earlier, Jones, wanting to expand his website... InfoWars into a full blown guerrilla news operation and hoping to scout new hires from his growing fan base, held an online contest. At twenty three, I was vulnerable, angry, and searching for direction. So I decided to give it a shot. Out of what InfoWars said were hundreds of submission, my video, half witted, conspiratorial, um <clears throat> And uh, a glance at the creation and function of the Federal Reserve, it made it to the final round. Excuse me. Unconvinced I could cut it as a reporter, Jones offered me a full-time position as as a video editor. I quit film school and moved a thousand miles to Austin, Texas, fully invested in propagating his worldview. By the time I found myself seated next to Jones, speeding down the highway, I had seen enough of his inner workings (laughs) and the inner workings of InfoWars to know better. Before we left the office, Jones instructed me to title the video, Alex Jones Denied the Right to Vote. This is while they're on the way. You get it? They hadn't recorded the video yet. They were on their way to the to the polling place. He knew before we left that they wouldn't let us walk into a polling location with our cameras rolling. I didn't think Jones even intended to vote. Rather, he hopped, he oh, excuse me, hopped. He hoped to turn this into a spectacle, into an insult to um, you know, another opportunity to play the self-aggrandizing victim. And that's their whole shtick. Look at this great city shot, he said, pointing out the window at the Austin skyline. As soon as I pulled the camera off him, he reached for the Dixie Cup. Is this really how I'm going to die? I thought to myself. I imagine the scene, Jones veering too close to the guardrail, ranting about George Soros or Hillary Clinton. Sirens echoing in the distance, flashing l- lights. Hillary rigged the car. Flashing lights. <laughs> yeah, that's he grabs a camera and utters his final words. Hillary. His listeners would have believed it. Years earlier, I would have believed it. Fortunately, there were no sirens or flashing lights, and I was relieved when Vote Here signs began to appear. A line stretched out the door in a a local strip mall. By the time we arrived, as I expected, Jones was told multiple times that he couldn't film at the polling place, and he decided to leave, walking back to the car, still taking sips from his white Dixie cup filled with vodka. Well, he's just walking around drinking. Vodka is clear, so, you know, it looks like water. He began to noticeably slur his words. A friend of Jones who tagged along for security purposes, so-called, offered to give me a ride back to the office. Jones revved his engines, tires squealed, and he sped out of the parking lot. He was drunk, drunk driving. I began listening to Jones' radio show, the flagship program of what is now a conspiracist media empire with a with an audience that until recently surpassed a million in the last days of George W. Bush's presidency. The American public had been sold to war through outright fabrications. The economy was in a free fall. Thanks to Wall Street greed and the failure of Washington regulators, most of the mainstream media was caught flat-footed. But Jones seemed to have an explanation for everything. He railed against government. He railed against government corruption and secrecy the militarized police he confronted those in power traipsed through the California Redwoods to expose a secretive all-male meeting of elites at the Bohemian Grove and even appeared into Richard Linkletter films at, as himself <clears throat> but anyway let's keep going you get the point let's just get to the end let's just read the end Yes, honey. This is, this, this article is giant. So you can go to New York times magazine and read it. So, uh, he says, this is when he quits. I quit working for Jones in April of 2017 when offered another job, an introductory position with a 75% pay cut. I jumped at the opportunity. Look at this cat. He's just... Look at this. Watch. Watch. Look at this. He just wants to abuse me. (laughs) Because he wants... He just wants my hand to be... Go like this all day. Okay. Okay. I need to get one of those robot hands that just go around. And around. And around. Round, right this, right? Right? Okay, he's feeling better now. I quit working for Jones on in April of 2017. Ah, you get down. You get down. You stay. You stay. Uh-oh, he's coming back. Oh, my God. He's not happy. What, a 75% pay cut. I, jump, I jumped at the chance. Instead of giving two weeks notice, I left in three hours. <laughs> Jones had gone home for the day, so I didn't speak with him in person. I said goodbye to co-workers and managers and handed over my company credit card and hoped that would be the end of it. Two nights later, I received a call from Jones. Let me tell you a little secret, he said in his voice, his gravelly voice, I don't like it anymore either. What do you mean? I asked. I don't want to do it anymore, he said. And I got all these people working for me you know and you know then i feel guilty i don't want to do it you think i want to keep doing this i haven't wanted to do this for five years man i sensed that he was pandering but i couldn't help thinking that for the first time since i started this job jones and i finally had something in common Sure, there was a time when I shared his anger. In fact, I was still angry, but this is where we differed. I wasn't angry with others. I was angry with myself. And, I, and once I realized that, it was easier to walk away. When I left, I tried to pull, pull, put myself in his shoes to figure out why he said and did the things he did. At times, I saw a different side to Jones one that was vulnerable, desiring validation and acceptance. Then he would say something so vile and so callous it became impossible to look past it. Even though I was no longer beholden to Jones for financial security, I could be honest about how I felt. I was to blame for my actions unequivocally, and yet I resented Jones for creating an environment of rage, fear, and confusion that diminished discernment increased self-doubt and left me feeling as if my brain had short-circuited. I wanted to say these things to Jones, but I didn't. He offered to double my pay, suggested I work remotely and even propose funding a feature-length film. <laughs> I said it wasn't about the money, and I turned him down. To this day, I still don't know why he kept me around. He said it was because he cared about me. But if I had to guess, I would say his main concern was losing control. The next morning, he called numerous times, and then again that evening. I let the, go- the calls go to voicemail. There wasn't a single moment that persuaded me to leave, but there was a turning point, a moment that stuck with me long after it happened. I thought of it as I sat next to Jones speeding recklessly down the highway on election day. When I walked out of the office for the last time, I decided to sit down and write this article. It was early morning, and we were headed back to Austin after the trip that began at As- uh, Islimberg. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. As we boarded our flight, I took my window seat close to the rear of the plane. An older woman wearing a hijab sat next to me, with her was a young girl, giddy with excitement, who bounced in the middle seat, holding a bag of pretzels. The woman leaned over and asked if I would let the girl sit by the window. This is her first time on a plane, she said. I agreed, and I moved my bag from under the seat. I thought about the children who lived in Islamburg. how afraid their families must have felt when their communities were threatened, And strangers appeared asking questions how we chose to look at, to look past these people as individuals and impose on them more of the same unfair suspicions they already had to endure. And for what? Clickbait headlines? YouTube views? As I sat on the aisle, the plane now lifting into the pale blue sky, I glanced over at the little girl staring out the window. In wonder, her face glowing from the light reflecting off the clouds. She was amazed, joyful, innocent, carefree, and completely unaware of the world that was beneath, beneath her. And, uh, yeah, literally and figuratively and in that instance. And that's what they do. This is, that's the world they cultivate. That's the Fox News world. That's the Alex Jones world. What do you think they do when they tell these idiots lies? Of course people are going to believe them. They've turned this country into the the armed madhouse that it is. And they talk about, you know, both sides the both sides. oh, we're so divided. we we got but we got one party tr- where some in that one party are trying to make a more perfect union, to make this country live up to its promises. And then we have another party that is completely dedicated to undermining and destroying that system of government. There's no other way to explain it. So... Uh, they need their propaganda arm and their propaganda arm is well funded and it is incessant and that's why we're here we're in this boat if, uh, if Bill Clinton never signed the Telecommunications Act if there was no Rush Limbaugh thanks to that action if there was no Fox News thanks to Bill Clinton then uh, we wouldn't be uh, nearly as hanging by a thread as we are. That's a goddamn truth. All right, guys, guys, guys. We have more to talk about. I guess we're not going to get to Meghan McCain at this point. I wanted to, well, I mean, this, this is just, a, well, I guess I could just say I was going to play that clip from, of, of Megan McCain on meet the press. What L- we'll just talk about it. Cause I wanted to, I wanted to go relax a little bit, but the fact is what the F was Megan McCain doing on the, on meet the press. And. Here's they they uh they wrote an article on Fox News. Megan McCain irks liberals by appearing on Meet the Press. That's uh a success in Republican world. Oh, that's it. It's not that it does Megan McCain deserved to be on Meet the Press. What does this vapid, sophomoric, malinformed, ill-informed nepotism poster child have to do um, uh, with Meet the Press? Does she deserve to be on this panel? This prestigious show at least at one point, until Chuck Todd got a hold of it what is this person doing on meet the press she doesn't she was um irritated irritatingly malinformed she brought zero value to the view it's just like she brings zero value to meet the press and she on the and the reason why I'm annoyed at the stupid videos why they're not playing I don't know why let me try it again yeah, it's not I don't know why the audio is not playing. It's very annoying. But the reason why I wanted to play it is because this the segment right there she's, she's a liar. she just lied on Meet the Press. what she said I'll I'll read it. okay Megan McCain, formerly the lone conservative on the view returned to network television as a panelist on Meet the Press much to the disgust of the left this is from the washington times of course host chuck todd introduced her as a com- columnist for the for, for the daily mail and she's writing for the daily mail right now and all of the her articles are as dumb as she is and malinformed and ill-informed and where is it trying to find the it's really unreal that (laughs) I know it's wait a minute I'm just trying to find the one here's what she said she's going on about the build back better and she's like the Build Back Better agenda is the most progressive modern agenda of all time. And it's not polling well. The most progressive modern agenda. Okay. And what? Like what? And it's not polling well? That's not true. So I think I'm just confused why they're doubling down on something that is cratering in the polls. And I watched this. I watched it live. And I was like, what the F is this bitch talking about? It's not cratering in the polls. In fact, it's getting more... The the American people are getting more irritated that it's not being passed. And the majority of the American people, overwhelming majority once it passed and when they find out how it is funded that overwhelming majority actually increases by another overwhelming majority so what so what are you what are you talking about it's too bad you get your information from the pillow talk with your husband because you're both so full of shit really Meet the press. Uh, who is who's the uh, the guy who's to host it? Meet the press. Somebody who had some journalist journalism. In, oh, Tim Russert, of course. Someone who had some integrity. You, what do you think Tim Russert was doing besides rolling in his grave? And it's not polling well. So I'm just confused why they're doubling down on something that's cratering in the polls. Well, keep on saying that and maybe it'll be true, right? Just keep saying it, no matter what the truth is. Keep talking shit. Put that propaganda out there. And of course, what did Chuck Todd do? Nothing. He just let her lie. And then he went on to somebody else now anybody who has this is why chuck todd is the vichy collaborator in the class war against the american people but anybody who had any journalist integrity or journalism integrity would say well that's not actually true megan uh in fact the just like tara devlin said a new poll finds a whopping 66 of Americans, including 61% of registered independents supported many on social media, um, pointed that out to, to Megan, but yeah, why, why Chuck Todd wouldn't do that when that's his job. Well, this is what he does. They, He has Republicans on, and he lets them lay their big fat lies right out there like a stinking rotten egg and says nothing about it, like as if somebody just laid a fart in polite company. We're just all going to ignore it. Ugh. All right. I don't know what is this person going on about in the chat. Slavery is bad. Slavery is bad. The Duponts are slave owners. What? What are you talking about? All right. Whatever. Listen up, guys, guys, listen, 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 listen. Are you guys listening? Good. Tomorrow. We're going to have a show tomorrow. The show is going to be earlier. It's going to be on around seven. Okay. And we're going to have a guest. I should have mentioned this earlier. I'll promote it during the day. Jeff Waldorf is coming on the show. This is why we're doing it. so he's a troll, Winston. Is that it? And we don't have Haiku in the chat to keep the trolls at bay. So, we're going to Let me let me ask you guys in the chat. Is this person annoying you? Or should we does should he stay or should he go ne- no is he he's fine right or no okay let me know <laughs> I just seen you I am like sorry who are you saying sorry to me well be nice and you can stay I'll put I'm putting you in timeout for a minute all right Um, yes tomorrow Jeff Waldorf is coming on the show and we're going to continue our conversation on um, whether there's hope or not okay that troll needs to go Errol says Terra Nova says he's distracting. He is just looking at the camera. He is silly. What are you talking about? All right. Um, so Jeff Waldorf is coming on the show because we had a... Uh, we were on t- on Tuesday a couple weeks ago. We were both on Doubting Thomas's show on FYI Nation. At 8 p.m. on Tuesday, I joined Thomas every Tuesday... 8 p.m. Okay. Um, at FYI nation. So if you're looking for terror buster on Tuesday night, come on over to FYI nation at 8 p.m. And so Jeff was also on the show. We were having a conversation about whether the country is going to (laughs) survive or not. And Jeff was, was optimistic. I was not. So I want to be optimistic. I'm not like, he's like, oh, you took the doom pill. But I don't know if I took the doom pill. I'm fine being talked out of it. I want to be talked out of it. So Jeff was a little bit more, he was more optimistic. So he's coming on the show. We're going to continue this conversation. And I thought that would be something, something nice for the kids. All right, guys, guys, become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And thank you all for your support. Thank you for your super chats yet again, Jim and Errol and JD and Garfield. Thank you so much. Remember tomorrow where the show is going to be on a little earlier around seven. because Jeff is where he wants to get, he, he, it's his schedule, his schedule, baby. So I might start the show like six thirty or so. It might be old old school time. Cause we used to do do the show on Saturday at six PM Eastern. So it'll be it'll be good. We will we'll be back to the older older schedules. All right. I don't know what I'm saying. Guys, remember we will win. That's right because we're on the right side of history. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. Thank you so much. Remember, tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern, my name is Tara Devlin. We stick together. We win. I'll see you tomorrow night, and I will also see you with Jeff Roldorf, we'll see you. <laughs> am I saying? I'm not a What am I saying? I'll see you tomorrow. And so will Jeff.